kill them, but you're in the spirit and I love them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. So that, everything that we do is dependent upon the Lord. God, we, God has to, God has to get, provide us with his power. Something we're trying to do here as this church is to take Isaiah 58 and make it a mandate and try to, try to, try to, try to build our... Ashley, Ashley, over there. Thank you. <laughs> and what we're trying to do is take, this, take Isaiah 58 as a mandate. It's a uh, chapter in the Bible. If you're not familiar with Isaiah 58, I encourage you to read it. It just gives us the promises. It tells us that if the church will begin to operate in this way, if the people will begin to operate in this way, he says you'll repair wasted cities. Come on. Anybody want to see wasted cities repaired? God puts a promise on it. He said it can happen. He says you'll be the repairer of the breach. All of the gaps in the culture and in the world can be filled if my people will do these things. He says you'll raise up foundations of many generations. I'll enable you to lay a foundation upon which will stand for many generations. This will go on and on and on. This is what we want. And I believe that Isaiah 58, I'm sure there's more than one, but I believe that Isaiah 58 is literally a blueprint for the collective church to operate from. I believe it's a blueprint. Jesus referenced it many times when he was, pre when he was teaching. He referenced, um, one of the most referenced books was Isaiah, but a lot of his teachings were rooted in particular out of Isaiah 58. So I believe that that's a mandate and I believe it's a blueprint. I'm not saying I got it figured out, but I believe that's what it is. And if we can fi follow that, we'll see these things happen. So next slide, please. We want to create and establish realms of justice and peace in our city, our regions, and our worlds. This is one of the reasons why we're doing a school. We want to launch a school, big ambitions, but we want to redeem and rebuild and repair the wasted places. We also want to partner with areas and regions in our, in our world. Miami is strategically positioned to influence the Caribbean basin. We are positioned that we can influence, in particular, the Caribbean basin. We, we can. We can. And one of the areas that's in our Caribbean basin and one of the areas that is our neighbor is Haiti. The huh? Bible says love your neighbor, right? And we're to love our neighbors and we're to help our neighbors and we're to care for our neighbors. And my perspective a lot of times is that, you know, if, if there's a region in this country that should care about the Caribbean, it should be South Florida. If there's a region in this country that should care about Haiti or Dominican Republic or Cuba or any of these, any of these nations right off of our coast, it should be South Florida. California is not the neighbor of, of the Caribbean. We are, right? Georgia is not, not, nothing against Georgia, nothing against California, nothing against any of these people, but Florida, in particular, South Florida, sits as the neighbor to these, <coughs> these communities. And we have an ability to impact them and help them and influence them. <coughs> anyway, so we have with us this morning Pastor Fritz and his wonderful wife, Dee. And Pastor Fritz runs a ministry in Haiti um, called God of Compassion Ministries. And so uh, there's been a hurricane in Haiti. I don't know if you realize that. <coughs> in South Florida, we just kind of go, missed us. But we don't realize it missed us, but it actually hit somebody else. And it hit Haiti very, very poorly and very, very harsh, in particular the region where his ministry is. And in Haiti, they don't have FEMA. I don't know if you know that. So we get hit and we're like, hey, where's the bags of ice? Well, thank you so much. Where's the, um, where are the bags of ice? When's the water going to get here? Right? That's what we are. Holding up signs. Where's the FEMA tents, man? Where's the FEMA trailers? They don't have anything close to that. They don't have FEMA tents. They don't have FEMA trailers. FEMA's not showing up putting a generator. I got a free generator one year for, Christ for, for, for Christmas. No, I got a free generator with a hurricane. You guys remember the hurricane? Wilma and Andrew, or Wilma and, um, what was the other one? 
Thank you. Yeah, yeah. See, y'all remember it. Y'all know the names. Wilma and Katrina, when it crisscrossed us, FEMA came in, they looked at me and they're like, oh, you want a generator? I'm like, yeah, I'd love a generator. Boom. Drop me down a generator for free. I just had to sign a paper. Got a free generator. Wonder what a happy day. They're not handing out generators in Haiti, are they? No. These people are on their own. They're on their own. And so we're blessed with an opportunity to hear Fritz tell us a little bit about his ministry. We're going to be blessed with an opportunity for him to tell you a little about what's going on there and maybe some ways that we can partner with him and to meet some immediate needs that are going on there right now. And so I am all about helping immediately. But one of the things with Pastor Fritz is that we, we want to partner with him and try to create a long-term solution or some long-term uh, uh, plans for what's going on in his region. So anyway, if you'd welcome with me Pastor Fritz, if you'd welcome him. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Fritz, and tell us a little bit about the ministry you and your wife are a part of. First of all, my name is Pastor Fritz. I have with me my wife, Dee. Hi, Charmaine. You know what I, I know, yeah. Charmaine knows everybody. Yeah. <laughs> She's the mayor. I'm so glad to be here today in the area of your presence and God lead me here. Once again, my name is Pastor Free Charles. I'm a Haitian brother. Just different uh, mother, but same father. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here today to tell you about the avenue of hope. Everywhere that you can so you see for me this is an avenue god of compassion ministries god called me in january 20 1998 i was in a wreck car accident i was unconscious for th for three days with little hope i'm not gonna die but i will spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair this is what the doctor told me you will see picture of me there was no hope but in the night of the 20th of January 1998, the Lord appealed to me. He said, if I give you life again, what will you do for me? You read in left-handed God of Compassion Ministries. Guess what? I don't walk out with a wheelchair. Where I'm heading on today, there is no way for a wheelchair to go there. Because I have to walk sometimes two, three hours by feet. There's no way a wheelchair will go there. God said, I will send people to your way. Of course, God does. I don't walk after people. God sent people to me. God give me a vision for this nation and Haiti. God show me where this nation is at today. What it will take this nation to make a U-turn as Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Say if my people should have called by my name, humble themselves, turn from their wicked way, confess their sin to me. He said I will heal them from heaven. And I will even heal the land. The land of hate is so corrupted. The land of hate, no politician in the world can change it. But God people can make a U-turn. God people can make a change. And what I can tell you today, God of Compassion Ministries, the little that we can do, we already make a big impact in Haiti. Mickey, Pastor Alfonso, Sister Sharma, Father, went with with us three times in Haiti already. We have a lot of people investing into this nation. As my brother said, it's not something that we can give only today. We can give them 
something to eat today. It's not going to be last. But the word of God is the last one going to stay there forever and can transform the life. Amen. So you are in the southern tail of yes, Haiti, correct? Of, yeah, okay. So he's above seven. Lekai. Mm -hmm. Here, their, their ministry is up in this region. And they work with a lot of people. There's a lot of mountains in Haiti. And so they work with a group of people that are in the mountains of that region. So I want you to tell us, so put up the slide of the school. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what he does. He's going to tell you. Uh, so you have, a, you have a school. You have several schools down there, right? Yes, we have three schools with 689 students. How many? 689 <laughs> students that we have in those three facilities. And tell you the truth, we still, this nation today, on 18 years old, going to be have a high school diploma. We still have 17 years old on fourth grade. We still. In 1999, we have our first elementary graduate. We have 23 years old graduate on elementary in 1999. Why? Because school is still illusorious for the people in Haiti. You need money to go to school in Haiti. There's nothing free. And those people, not because that they don't want to have a piece of education, they, can, they cannot afford it. These kids that you see that today have a hot meal at the table. Sister, brothers, it's not a lot of children having, have this opportunity to have a hot meal a day at the table in Haiti. Not because the parents doesn't love. Haitian parents are love and care for the, for the children. We'll do anything to provide for them. But they, are, they don't have any employment. And there's no government there for them. Only Jesus is the government. That's right. Those children are so blessed to have this. But guess what? In this day, we cannot give it to them five, four days a week, no more. Only two days a week. Why? Because we're so short in finance. So he's been running this thing on a shoestring. So um, a wing and a prayer. <clears throat> My thing, uh, uh, you guys got a well. How many years ago did you get a well? Three years ago. Okay, I'm going to just put this in context for Americans, right? Because we hear that. We go, oh, they got a well three years ago. Can you imagine living your entire life and now you got a well three years ago? This is 21st century. I looked at him when he told me that. I go, what has taken so long for the, I mean, we're putting wells in? We, I remember wells, just to give you a little missional context. The big wells became the, the sexy, popular thing for missionaries to do about 10 years ago. I mean, bless the people. That's wonderful. But that became the thing to do. We're going to do water, a clean water project. Everybody, water, water. My question is, like, what took so long to put water? I mean, one of the most basic human needs is water. I mean, we, can't, we can only survive days without water. And this region where he's at just got an operating well three years ago. I mean, we're, my, my thing is, is that we, we, could, we can and should do more. And what I want you to understand here, too, because a lot of people go, well, the government should do something, or I gave money to the earthquake fund, or I gave money to the hurricane fund. I want you to know something about non-Christian, non-government organizations. The vast majority of these charities that parade the celebrities on and do the big telethons and sing, and Tom Cruise is on the phone raising money for the, hurricane, for the earthquake victims, they raise hundreds of millions of dollars, and pennies go to Haiti. Pennies. 
they take that money and they line their pockets with it. And what the Bible would call that is the exploitation of the poor. If you actually calculate it, they won't be accountable. These organizations and these foundations that took that money, they can't even account for the money that came in. Red Cross included. Now, the Red Cross does more than most, but they still give a fraction of the money that they take in. Less than 17%. So if you give them a dollar, 17 cents is actually going to go to Haiti. Where's the other 83 cents going to go? Right back to them. It should be the other way around. It should be 83 cents goes to the, goes to the need and 18 cents or 20% goes to administration. But they don't. They never tell you that. You know, so there's a need to be, there's something that churches need to come around this and churches need to rise up. And my thing with Fritz, when I met Fritz the first time, and I've talked to him a few times, and we talked even last night, is that he talks in terms of the nation and he talks in terms of, of the people and like what he wants to change a nation and he want, that's what I want to do, right? Now, am I realistic to think we're going to change a nation? We probably could. God said, ask of me and you'll give you the nations. Well, what's going to change these countries is not just immediate needs. There has to be a revolution within the church that happens with that the church begins to rethink the way that we do mission. The traditional, typical way that churches do mission is we come down there, we're going to build you some benches, Pastor Fritz, bless God. We're going to send some teenagers down there for the summer. We're going to help you out. We're going to clean up some things. We're going to fix a few things around here. We're oh, going to help you. In that. And, 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 that's, and that's what they should do. They should do that again a thousand times over. This is what my experience has been. And we come in and we do, we do certain things, but there's no long-term plan. What's the long-term plan beyond meeting the need? What's the long-term plan to make an area like this self-sufficient? Not, you know what I'm saying? And so like for me, one of the things that we wanna partner with him, we're gonna talk about immediate needs that they have, and we wanna give you an opportunity to help with some of these immediate needs. But from where I'm coming from, and I told them, and I, and I, don't, mean, I don't mean no disrespect. So if I, if I come across very coarse, I, I'm not meaning disrespect, and I'm not being coarse and trying to be coarse in the way that I'm speaking. But there's been NGOs and Christian organization in Haiti for decades, and very little has changed. So if very little has changed in decades of this type of missional work, then don't you think we ought to back up and rethink the way that we're doing it? You know? And I'm not saying I got all the answers, but I think that there needs to be a different approach. And when I was talking to him about it, I said, look, if you want people to come down here and do these types of works, that's great. We'll try to help you with whatever it is. But I don't want to do that. I want to do something long term. You know, I want to bring college agri-engineers down there and I want them to give a survey of the lay of the land and I want them to tell us, the so want them to sample the soil, tell us what kind of soils where. We want to know what the cash crops are. We want to create an agricultural society there. We want to bring in water engineers. Haiti's got water, it's just underground. He said that the, the, the growing of the crops is dependent upon the rain. 100%. On 100%. And so if, the, if, the, if it rains, they have a good year. If it torrentially rains and washes out the crop, they have a bad year. But they have no way of continually, they can't irrigate, they can't produce a consistent crop. Be, all because they don't have irrigation. All because they don't have a way of getting the water where it needs to go. What would happen? If we actually came up with a comprehensive plan and looked at a specific area, I'm not talking about miles, but just this little area, and we said, what can we do? What kind of yield can we get from the ground? What kind of crops can this, can this community grow that will actually produce, produce revenue for the community? What kind, and, and okay, what are the challenges? We need water. Well, let's get some kids to come in here, some college students on their summer break, and come in here and give us a report on how we irrigate this place. 
You know, and what would happen if we came up with that kind of comprehensive plan and began to implement that to where this area becomes self-sustaining? You understand that? And they're not dependent upon the natural elements and they're not dependent upon outside help to, to just support them all the time. Not that outside help isn't, support, isn't important, but what would happen if we began to create, that's a long-term plan. What would happen if we made the church the center of that? The center of the community, the glory of God through the church. The, the church is the one and the gospel is the one that's perpetrating these things. It's, it's the one that's creating that. He has a vision. He wants to do a trade school. He wants to not only bring these kids through high school, he wants to put them into a trade school so that when these kids come out of school, they're actually trained to do something. Then he wants to do a seminary that actually brings these kids, kids through school, trains them in pastoral work and missional work. And I was telling him, I said, what would happen if we were able to build a model city? We were able to build something that, that, like this that creates revenue, where, that creates a community that gives jobs to these people, that enables them to have food for their families, enables them to have money in their pocket, and we create this model city, and then out of that, you're producing pastors and tradesmen, and you're able to take what we're doing here or what's going on here, and you're able to replicate that three or four times around in the area around. What would that look like? Well, that would look a whole lot better than building benches. And by the, when I say this, I don't mean any negative about building benches and fixing things around the church. All that stuff's needed. But you know what? You have people that can build benches. You know, he, the, the, I'm, what I'm talking about here is, is systemic change and a societal change, something that's long term. And so what, what we're going to partner with, we're going to talk about some of the short term needs. And he's going to tell you that. But I just want you to know where I'm at. And I want you to know what, this, what I want to focus this church towards or what I want to help him do you know, is get this, is, is to do something long term and do something that's transformative, you know, to where it's not just constantly like this, but that all of a sudden now there's a power that's being generated. We're able to do something there where this, this, this community is generating power and this community is generating influence. You know, I believe that people will come from all around and go, what the heck are you guys doing here? Well, it's not rocket science. We're just actually doing it. You know, so we want to try to map out a plan and try to implement this. So if you know anybody that's in, uh, that you know, their FIU does agricultural studies and FIU does, I know, water studies. And so if you know anybody that's in university that, that's in any of these fields and is looking for a summer project, well, send them our way. I was praying last night. I told him at the table because I felt like the Lord had showed me this a while back ago of what to do with the, when I was in Haiti the last time he showed me. And then I talked to Fritz and Fritz said, hey, that's what I want. And I was just sitting at the table and I was going, man, Lord, where are we going to get people to do that? Where am I going to get water engineers and where am I going to get agricultural engineers? And he just said to me, college students. And I went, well, there we are. Oh, happy day. You know, lots of students that want to do a hands-on project. We're going to find some. We're going to try to help them. You know, and this is what we want to do. You know, I mean, I don't know if that, that, that makes you excited, but that makes me excited. And again, I don't want to diminish missions work at all. I don't want to diminish it. I don't want to take anything from it. I'm for it in every form, in every fashion. But I just want to go to another level. I want to take this thing to another level. I want to go to another place and see if we've tried this. Well, what if we did this? So tell me, I want you to tell me, I want him to tell you this because he told me this last night. So I'll set the first part up and then you tell me tell him the second part. He said when he came to this area, the area was completely illiterate. Not like functionally illiterate, well, some people can read, but like people just, there was no education and there was no literacy in this area at all. And so what, what, what changes have you seen since you've been there? I'm going to start with this generation that you are looking now. Not only that we give these kids a, a low bread, before they have this, they have the bread of Christ. They have the word of God first. Not like over here. With three years old, they already know the Lord's prayer. We teach them because we need to form the, we need a nursery. This is something that we want to plant somewhere else. We start with this generation. They know about God. 
they will they will they don't know how to reject but they will quote you the word of god if you ask them Ephesians 6:12 they will tell you exactly what it is this is the generation that we that god shows from 1998 up to today darkness was over overwhelmed these areas i have mickey and i have video that i can show you in 2001 how people came worshiping satan will walk in the street having like a festival today you looking for this this is no way to be found i'm telling you this Come is on. true story that you will hear jump whole night now you said every november first to the seven those people have a feast there for satan used to now you said where this thing is going because when the light is shining darkness how to go away <clears throat> darkness how to disappear today as i told you in 1999 we have 23 24 year old just graduate middle school today at 17 18 years old they have a high school diploma in their hand Man. not only a high school diploma but they they know how to lay blocks they can make in the benches that you will pay a plenty cat to go with me with a little old pay five dollars us a day they will give me 12 hours of work because they do thing in the on now instead of to give them a, a loaf bread we teach them we have a bakery building we we teach them how to bread the bread not only to eat it but how to go to sell it to make I don't want you to get to take money from you every time to help them out. I need them to help themselves. We teach them how to irrigate the land. We teach them. You see how my head is bald? <laughs> the land was like this, but if you see trees like today, we teach them how to plant trees, not to cut the trees, to make in charcoal, but how to bring life. Man We're not just preaching. No, we are not a preaching ministry. We are teaching ministries. We're not there to give you every time. We are we are here to make you self-sufficient. One day to for you to help somebody else. Man. This is what God of Compassion Ministry is at. We're not telling you when you're going to heaven, you're going to be so happy. We want you to be happy on the earth. That all days can see how what God did in your life and what he can do in the in the life as well. This is what God of mm -hmm. Conversion Ministry is all about. So he told me that every household has a high school graduate in it now. Oh yes, and this day. He and, went to an area what? that was illiterate they and now every house has well. a high school graduate <laughs> in it. Wow. We start teach those kids English word from first grade to sixth graders. Some of them will speak to you not fluently, but they start to learn English as well. Man. Yeah, so that's like really cool stuff. Right? Yeah. 689. In three location, but this is joy the heart. We want it to be spread out. So and God will do. We're going to partner and try to do our best to create a I I was telling my wife like even when I was at the table, I kept seeing like a like a binder, like a white binder and it's like full of reports and like a comprehensive plan. And I feel like one of the things that maybe we could partner with him on and I'm I'm praying about I'm I'm telling you raw ideas so you know don't judge me on my raw ideas right 
so, right? <laughs> but I feel like we could come up with some kind of plan and prospect to enable them to move forward with, you know, I think he's, th th there's something different about him for me personally, and I'm not trying to, but like I've met a lot of guys and over my time and really just, I, I always assess attitude or what they're actually, where their heart is. And, um, and you know, Fritz, he, you know, when I was telling him about this, he said, I've wanted to do this since 1992. Because I told him, I said, this is what I see for Haiti. You know, is it's a mission-centered idea where the, the community itself becomes self-sufficient, where the people are, can be fed out of that environment, but they're also creating revenue out of that environment and providing jobs for people out of that environment. And he said, I've been wanting to do that since 1992. And I thought that was just a really uh, amazing thing. Since the hurricane, they've had some setbacks, right? And when you say, for every setback, Jesus has a comeback. That's right. That's right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is, the, this is the church building that lost its roof. So the, the roof was gone. So they got bullseyed by this hurricane. And you haven't had a hurricane there, and they, they don't even remember when the last hurricane. That Certainly nothing of this has ever so been 1963, done. 1963, they never have something. And nothing has not even been anywhere near the devastation that it brought to this area. Uh, I have more pictures, but I, I didn't put them in. I was because I wanted Fritz to talk more. But um, there's pictures where people's their houses are completely gone. Their clothes are scattered all over the hills. And so this is the church building. So you can put up another give, slide. Give me a minute on this. Okay, go let ahead. Me, let me go give ahead. you a little yeah, story about this. Yeah, go ahead. This building that you are looking here, this land is 12 acres of land. I used to be a mortgage broker, even owning my own mortgage business, so-called Sunshine Union Mortgage Corporation. I have to let those go to follow the, the Lord. The very first $4,000 that I made as profit, God spoke to me in 2001. My witness is here. I have pictures of the money that I exchanged to pay for 12 acres of land that the Lord said to me, Fritz, you're going to take this money to buy me this land. I fight with the Lord. <laughs> I have to tell you the truth. I said, no, I have a plan what to do. And God said to me, yes, you're going to buy the land. Mickey don't know nothing about it. I carry this 4,000 US dollars with me. It was four, five to one. Now it's 13 to one. I changed the money. I have a picture that Mickey take the picture of me when I'm paying four witch doctors who were there just to kill people in this land. This land was well dedicated to Satan. And the Lord said to me, this is the land you're going to buy. They sell it to me with one mindset. We're going to kill you, eat your flesh. I'm serious. They, they confessed that to me. Before we give you the deed of the land, we're going to kill you. All of them already die. Only one is not die. He give his life to the Lord. <laughs> and this land was a barren land. We have pictures you will see. It was like yellow. And today if you walk to this place, we have coconut trees already given coconut. They never played because Satan, Nothing does, ever not, grow Satan there. does not create it. Satan just take away. He does not plant we plant mango trees today that people eat in mangoes. Avocados, people eat in avocados. Hank has a story about this land. They showed me a picture of this land, and his property line went down this mountain. On the left side, it was totally dark brown and dead. 
and right down that property line, it was, it was green. There's not a sprinkler in the world that can make a straight line of dark and green. Wow. I know, I've tried to sprinkle my yard before. <laughs> and that was perfect, a straight line. It was amazing. Wow, amazing. come on. Yeah. Mom. It's been three years in Haiti. Oh, you're going to give Mickey a mic. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> I, was, I was standing on the line, and Fritz, Fritz said he's going to show me where the property line is on the land. And I said, you don't have to. I can see it. It was brown on one side and green on the other, and it's a perfect line wow. for 12 acres, not wow. 10 feet. 12 acres down, a green line wow. going on the property. After, you know... Oh, anyway, I'll shut up, it's Fritz. <laughs> it's been a drop in Haiti for three years before this hurricane. I think that God, I even pray God a lot if I have to put a wolf in this building again. I think God telling us something down there. For three years, these people don't have any coal. This year, they think that it's going to be the harvest year for them. They haven't had a crop in three gone. years. They can't grow. They haven't been able to grow consistent crops. The well that we tell you, the donkey, the horses, the mule, the cow, the people, everything how to drink water from those wells because there is no stream who have any water. The river that you have to take your clothes off to cross, you can cross it with any sandal in your feet. I say, God, you telling us something. This year, the so-called year, supposed to be a year of jubilee for them. Everything is gone. Everything is on. And I'm asking God, what is next? Those buildings that you've seen, is paid for. We don't have any, any payment and anything. God used people like you to do his own business. This is the way we do business. We don't have any grant yet. We don't have any loan from anybody. Every time that God gives me something, I have to leave my family or take them with me, go there, do something. If I send them money, guess what? I score up a lot before I'm running. When I send the money there, the work is done is a little bit like this. But by God, take me there of the vision. People walk to me, help me. I do much more when I'm going there than send the money to do the work. We need your prayer. So what happened is they lost the roof of the, of the church. And not only they lost the roof of the church, and this is like we were talking last night. I was talking with Fritz last night. And again, this just kind of really speaks to me of the type of person um, that he is. He's like, listen, I'm not really interested in putting the roof on the church. He said, we have uh, 12, Christ 12 families that go to this church that don't even have roofs on their houses. And he said, and they're living in the elements. So Most again, of them is widows. They don't have widows. Husband. They're older they elderly women. 70s, and they have no, so let's put, this in, let's put this in context because we have to relate as, as Americans because we can't relate. Right? We think, well, what's the problem with that? Well, they have nothing. They have block houses with no roof. And so it's been raining. And he said it's rained three or four days straight just yes, this past week. And so I said, what do these people do? And he said they make little tents inside of their, inside of their house to protect them from the sun. But he said when it's raining, they have no, uh, no cover from the elements. There's no hotels there. 
It's not like they can go and just go rent a trailer or go, you know, go down to the Motel yes, 6 sir. and grab a room. It's not, there, there's, there's nothing. And so they're living in an exposed way. And so when I was talking to him yesterday, and he was just telling me different things that are going on, he said, like, his heart right now is to get roofs on these people's houses. That's really what he wants. And he says, he, you know, and he'll tell you, he believes the glory of the Lord is going to put the, this is just one. I have, there's many houses there, but this is just one to show you, like, just to give you a, some kind of context of the devastation that these people have right now. So <clears throat> how much money? He's raising money, all right? So this is an opportunity for you to help in a way, and I'll tell you, I'll connect it here at the end, but like, so to put a roof on someone's house that's lost their roof, to pay the workers and buy the materials, so if someone were to have their house or the roof restored, how much money would it be? $1,500 to $1,700, they will, everything will pay, and this family will have a roof over their head again. And, you've ra and you're raising money for I that? I only have $4,200 when I left, but I know from today is no longer 4200 It's already <laughs> going up. Yeah. And those people, some of them, I don't think without God provide, they will ever have a roof again. I have three ladies. One is 84 years old. She had the house maybe when she was like 20, 23 years old. She doesn't have a husband, no children, and the roof is gone. How you think she's going to have a roof again? I think she's still thinking that I'm going to spend the rest of my life without a roof. Without knowing that God is thinking about them. Amen. No, they don't know nothing about the money that I told you I'm already collecting. They don't know nothing about it. And, you know, listen, I just want to understand, I want you guys to understand something. He's, he doesn't care if he puts the roof back on the church. You know, he cares that he puts the roof over these 12 families that come to his church. You know, I'm like, what? I mean, you know, and so that again and, 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 uh, is, 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 is just to me, it just speaks a lot to the type of person that he is. And, and, uh, and I know he cares about the people and I know he cares about the area and he cares about the community. And, I, and, I, and so we have an opportunity here um, the, this morning to give as the Lord would direct. You're not gonna, I'm gonna give you a couple of connecting points and then I'm gonna, we can take a couple of questions from you all if you have any um, uh, as far as what's going on. But there are ways that you can give and you can give as the Lord directs your heart. Um, you can give to God of Compassion Ministries feedthemountain.com. There's a giving link on there. Hank set up a GoFundMe. That's where the $4,000 was coming in. Hank set up a GoFundMe to help them out. And so, so they've raised almost $4,000. These are the ways that you can give. God of Compassion, GoFundMe, um, uh, and feedthemountain.com. You can give something, right? You can't do everything, but you can give something. You can do something, right? Okay, it's Christmas time. Christmas is forgiving, is it not? God so loved he gave. Do you really need anything else? Do you, do you really need anything else? You have lots of wants, but I can assure you, you have very few needs. Very few. You know, this is people that have needs. You know, and for me, the challenge is to give up a couple of my wants to help some people that have some needs. What an opportunity. You're not giving, this isn't, this isn't part of your support for Elevate. This is what's called an offering, right? So your support for Elevate is for us. So you're not giving to Elevate. You're giving directly to, to Fritz. He's a 501c3, which means it's a government, non -pro, a government approved nonprofit. For you know, 18 years. For 18 years, which means they're a charity. A char Our church is a nonprofit. We're a dedicated, certified, whatever you want to say, a charitable organization. And so you're going to give directly to him. Your, your gifts and donations are, are tax deductible. You can give to Feed the Mountain in, in lieu of putting the roof on someone's head, over someone's head, or helping with some of these, fam with some of these needs. You can also support a child for his school. 
if you want as well. And the child for the school, to send the child to school is $10 a month, correct? $15, you, $15 will give meal. them school and a hot meal. In their house, not only at the school, in their house, I will, everything that you give in through GOCM, we have a picture or we have something to show you. Right. You give a dime to this, you're going to go toward what you give it to. This is our credibility. Whatever that you give for a purpose, you, we will make sure, even though the need is there, is go directly where you head on to. Right. This and, is us. In, school, in Haiti, they don't, get, they don't have free public education, so if a child is to go to school, they have to pay. And Fritz charges $3 a year for his tuition. He cannot pay. And he said the people in his area can't even give $3 a year for, for tuition. And he said the $3 a year is simply to pay for the paper and the report cards <laughs> and the filings that they have to do. And he said they can't even afford to pay that. And so you said that they wanted to send the, the students yeah, home because they like, couldn't like pay. Like tomorrow morning. Yeah, and you told them those no. Those three schools how to say that we're going to send the kids back because, Pastor, from, two, from 689, we have only 77 students pay the $3. I said, no. <laughs> there is no way we can send them back home. First of all, they don't have a hot meal home. They know that they're going to have it school. That pushed them to come to school. Plus, they are not there one pay for themselves. Their parents is supposed to pay the price for them. But you know what I do? If I have work, I hire the parents to do their work. I pay them because they, I know that they will need help. Because they have to pay something. Anything that I have to do, I do trade with them. I don't give it to them freely. They have to do something. This is the way that we do things. So we, to give for the, um, for the put the roofs on, you know, these are, again, short-term, immediate needs. We want to call you guys and give you an opportunity. Anytime the Lord, if the Lord visits you with something, anytime he visits you with an opportunity, it's an honor. He looks at you with honor. We think, why are they asking me? Because the Lord is honoring you to, to, in, by asking you. You know, what an honor to be asked to be a part of something like this. What an honor. And you may not be able to do everything, but you can do something, right? We can, we, you know, you can give 25 bucks, man. Give up a month of lattes. Some of you, that's a month, that's a week of lattes. You know, you spend 25 bucks at Starbucks. I mean, give something, do something and, you know, just pray about it and be a part of that. And I, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you uh, in that way. So if any of you have any questions, we're going to take a couple of questions. So if, if there's anybody who has any questions at all, the only stupid one is the one you don't ask. Go ahead, Mina. What do you got? Amen. 
What this is Fritz what that is doing show. has to be multiplied. She's talking yes. about demonic influence over the, over the nation and that a lot of the stuff, turning people to God makes the nation change. And she's saying by helping the, the, the immediate needs, but the, the bigger goal is to turn more people to the Lord, yes. which is obvious. You know, that's, that's, what, that's, that's a very good point. Thank you. Uh-huh. It's not that it's not just that they're demonic it's not just their demonic influence satan knows that that little area is impacting all of haiti and he wants to destroy many i can t i can stand here two hours and, and share about how many times i've seen satan come against fritz i mean all kinds of things and and, and but God always overcomes that, you know? So uh, I don't want to keep taking up time. I got yeah. a lot, trust me, I got a lot to say about Haiti because I've witnessed what this man does. I'm going to cry. I'm going to tell a quick story real fast. 2004, we collected 50 Bibles in Creole. This is going to show you Fritz's heart. I'm going to cry when I tell this story because it's so, it impacted me so much. We had 250 people, and they wanted the Bibles. And we only had 50, and Fritz was kind of lecturing them, saying, if, if you come up here and take a Bible, you've got to read it, and you've got to use it. Don't take this Bible and put it away, because someone else can take this and read it. So if you're not going to read it, don't take it. So this girl comes in front of the church, in front of Fritz. She's about maybe 18, about 18 years old. And she says, Pastor, I want a Bible. And, and he said, well, you gotta read it or I'm not gonna give it to you. And she said, Pastor, I can't read. Uh, Fritz paid, it was your sister, right? Paid his sister for almost a year to teach this girl to read so that she could read the Bible. But, but when, when she said she couldn't read, Fritz stood there for five, almost 10 minutes weeping before he could even talk. Because that's, that's, that's what the ministry is about. We have to sophisticate ourselves as Christians. You can clap, go ahead, you can clap. I don't want to get, yeah. I, I just, I believe like this type of thing not only has to be uh, formatted, um, it has to be replicated. In other words, structure's got to be, there's got to be better structure. He's doing a fantastic job. But what would happen if we created a system out of this? What would happen if we turned this into a system and then we were able to replicate it? That's how you change a nation. You don't change a nation by a missions organization existing for one generation and then passing away because the missionary died. You know, long live Fritz, okay? So, but, the, but what's going to happen, that's what I was talking to him about, and he's all in on that. I said, it's about building something that goes beyond your lifetime. It's about sustaining something. Haiti is littered with, with organizations that were started by well-meaning people, but when that person passed away, the organization is all but gone. I mean, I was down there and I saw tons of organizations that were started by families, that were started by benefactors, that were even started by churches. Well, when the pastor leaves, now the church no longer has a vision for that area because the pastor had a vision for that area. And so what, what, what ends up happening is, is we create things that endure at best for a generation. 
You know, Isaiah 58 is a mandate. Raise up the foundations of many generations, not one, you know. And so this isn't about, you know, uh, this is about helping the people immediately. But this, I want you guys to hear them a little bit and get to know them a little bit, uh, too. Because, you know, my heart, God willing, I'm in if the Lord will show me and help me and help us as a church and as a team build something long term. I mean, I'm all about it. I mean, I think we can do it. And uh, we're believing God to change our world. and We're believing God to change our region. So anyway, um, I, I, I think what, what they're doing there is, is a great work. And I think what Mickey even has been an eyewitness and is, is, has done it. But, it, but I'm going to tell you, and this might offend some of you, it's not enough. It's not enough. And we can celebrate God in the small things. I get it. But there's so much more, right? And at some point, the Christian has to go, isn't there more? You know, we can rejoice in, in the small things. We can rejoice in the little things that God's doing. But at what point do we not say, let's go higher? At what point do we not say, let's do more or let's see where this can go? What point? Bible says that the sons of the world are more wise than the sons of the light. If the sons of the world bring all the resources to bear, to, if Bill Gates can bring resources to bear, why can't the church bring resources to bear? We have more power than Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates is trying to cure malaria and all these wonderful things. God bless him. You know, whatever. But what would happen if we, we, we enacted a plan that was such as that? But the plan isn't something that men come up with. The plan is something that the Father sees and the Father calls for. Right? I'm not smart enough to come up with a plan like this that I felt like the Lord has showed me a vision. And he showed me something that can be. And I was pitching it to him and I was asking him, do you see this as a possibility? And he said, Everything that the pastor said, I can prove it to you today, within from 1998. It's not something that I'm going to jump doing. Everything taking place in GOCM, God already prophesized it and written. That's why IS never have any problem with me. When I say I spend 20 or 40 US thousand dollars in something, because they give me my the ministry paper in 1999 with a list of things that will take place. And this thing that we are talking about, those things I've been waiting. If you write any grant, anything about those, they don't have any problem because we've been telling them. From time being, this is our agenda is. A long way, this is what we have planned to do. It's not something that we're going to jump because of the hurricane. No, this thing, we've been licensed while we initially... He's been planning what I told him, what I saw the Lord showed me. He said the Lord showed him that in 1992. He said, I've been waiting for something like that to happen. I've been waiting for this, to, this, that, what you're talking about, because I told them what I felt like I saw the Lord tell me when I was there and what I prayed about it a couple of times and just looking at it and going, this is good, but it's not, you know, and I'm like, is this really what you want, Lord? And, and it's like, and I feel like God wants so much more. So I, that's just really what I want to encourage you guys and this with. This building that we've seen without the roof and the entire state where we are, we are the only one who has a place 820 people can sit together. This is the survey that the inspectors give me. We are the only one at this mountain have a place that 820 people can sit. If we accumulated the school, the cafeteria, 1,500 people can sit in one building. We are the he only one. It's the biggest has. building in the region. So. For the glory of God. We Come are on. the only one have it for the whole so, state. So, one more question, and then we're going to wrap it up. If anybody has one more question. Mimi, do you have a question? I saw you raise your hand, but you put it back down. Did you check it out on that? Why does it cost $1,500 to put a roof on the house? Tell you the truth. 
the red metal sheet that you seen there, if that was the one to put, the forty-seven hundred dollars US won't be able to do it, because these twelve footers cost twenty-three dollars US a piece a sheet. The one that we are putting now costs four dollars eighty-seven cents. One. That's why. That's all that. That's why that it costs so little. That's not that much for a wolf. Tell you the truth. I'm sorry. Uh, it will take me one day because I will hire at least six to seven people who know what to do. I will sit with them. If I used to give them $200 Haitian, today I'm going to give them 100 This is the portion of the heart that they have to help those people. Oh, some of them need 60 Some of the houses, that depends on the side of the house. Some of them will take 40 Some of them will take 80 also. It costs a lot of money to get the money up there, or to get the materials up there. They don't have anything up there. They don't have Home Depots or anything, so no. they have to order it and truck it up and the mountain. And we have a truck. We'll carry they have from transport prints. There's transportation charges wholesale. involved there, We buy it wholesale. Yeah, he has to buy it. He's got to buy it in bulk Not in, in Port-au-Prince, which if you see where Port-au-Prince is, and then they got to buy it in Port-au-Prince, load, it, up, load right. it on a truck, and drive it four hours up the mountain. So they got to come from Port-au-Prince and drive it four hours. And it's not like I-95, man. No. This is how you drive on roads in Haiti. This is what you do. This is the roads in Haiti. You're doing this for four hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's other costs involved. There's the labor. There's the material. But just to get anything up there uh, in any reasonable amount of time, there's an expense attached to that as well. So, um, yeah, there's, what's that? The gas as well, the, all of it. It's four dollars something a gallon. Yeah. So what I want to challenge you guys to do is I want you, I'm going to, we're going to end right here. We're going to pray. And then Fritz will be hanging out over there. But what I want to challenge you to do, there are brochures. Everybody say, there's a brochure. There's a brochure. At the counter. Right, so you can look at the brochure. This is just a little bit about what he does. You can give through Feed the Mountain, or you can go to the GoFundMe. Um, uh, any any one of those uh, are, are giving. You can. Uh, it all goes. It all goes to his nonprofit. It's not coming here. So you're blessing this ministry uh, with it, and uh, just challenge you to pray about it. Ask him any questions that you have, and uh, you know if you want to support the, the the kids in school. I'm, I mean, I'm all for it. And we're gonna pray about that maybe this coming year, like how we can do that. Um, you know, I mean, it's not it's not that much money to put a kid in school. And that's, again, a, a, a real need and a real blessing. And sec lastly, last but not least, and I'm gonna throw Sherry out there. Um, Sherry was talking to Fritz about maybe doing a medical team to come down there. And yes. uh, you've had you said this is the first year that you haven't had a medical yes. team come for seven years. This is the only year that we seven don't years have. they've had a medical team come down. And this is the first year they haven't. And so in three days, how many people come to the medical team? Yeah, we have over eighteen hundred people. Eighteen hundred people walk up to over twenty miles to see a doctor because there's no medical care down there. And so you had eighteen hundred people over the course of three days. And he was telling them we don't even have medicine to give them. You give them Motrin, right? Mm -hmm. Or they give them like Motrin and they pray over they pray over the Motrin so they come and they take the pills because they pray over it they pray over the and they just they come for that even if the doctor will see them and then they come for that 
So if you know anybody that's in any of that type of field or you're interested in saying, hey, I'd like to go and maybe lend a hand, um, you know, you can talk to Sherry about that uh, yes. as, as, as well. But he was all in on that. He was like, wow, can you guys do that? I go, I don't know. And, uh, but, but we, you know, we can definitely try and, and help on that as well. All right. Because what we do in this, not only that we, we see the patient, some of them that need to have surgery, we do it. We don't do it at the facility, but we help them. Not give them the money. I go with them. I have pictures next time that I'm, everything that I'm telling you, we have something to back it up, to show you what we do. We have helped them to pull out a teeth, which is called like four dollars. Sometimes they pull out four, five, because they, know, they don't have no money to go to a dentist to do it. That's been a medical team down there. When we go in there, we have people really in the ground. We give a very small amount. He said, if you want 3,000 people, you tell me when we're coming and I'll have 3,000 people 3, for the medical team. people, <laughs> tell me in two days, I will get it because they know that what we, what we said, we stand behind it and we do it. Once again, thank you for having me. Man. And I'm going to leave you with one, Psalm 126 verse 6. See, those who are saw with tears going to reap in with joy. Amen. Come on. Amen. All right. Thank you, Fritz. Well, that was a good day, right? Yes. Come on, man. It's important to know what's going on in our world. It's the stuff that you can, you can see that Jesus is alive and well. But you can also see that those who have much, of them much is required. We have much, man. We have much. It doesn't take much to help in an immediate need here. It doesn't take a lot, really. It, it doesn't take much. And, you know, for us as selfish Americans and, self, and we're consumers, we're a consumer nation. So that's what we do. We consume. It's all about me. More for me, more for me, more for me. Well, what if you put aside your, your, your consumption and took a portion of what maybe you would spend on yourself uh, this season or what you would ask others to spend on you this season? And what if you said, you know what, I'm going to give it to something that's bigger than me? You know, what would happen there? What, what, what would happen? You know, I mean, that's just a challenge that I have because sometimes, you know, we said, you know, we spend so much money on Christmas in this country and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But at some but and God has been so good to this country. He's amazingly, we are a prosperous nation beyond any country in the world. And if you don't believe so, you just go around the world and you just visit. I don't care where you go. I've, I've been to Europe, you know, I've been, I've been to Haiti. I've been, I've been, I've been to places and there is not nowhere like this country. Nowhere, nowhere. And so we have been given so much. And so it does not it will not kill us to give a little bit more. It will not kill us to give in a way that's outside of ourselves. And say, well, what you give? Just pray, man. Ask the Lord what he wants you to give. I'm not telling you. You give a dollar. It turns into 13, 13 Haitian dollars. Every dollar you give is multiplied by 13. So you give $100 in U.S., it's 1,300 Haitian dollars. You know? So whatever it is you give, I challenge you to go as high and as far as, as, you, as you can. But I want to just encourage you this Christmas season to do that. All right? So let me bless you guys. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for Fritz and his lovely wife, God. We thank you for the work that you're doing and the faithfulness, God, that you are alive and well. We thank you for the honor and the opportunity, God, uh, that you present to us this morning, God. We want to embrace that. We want to respect it. We want to honor it. And we want to 
partner with you in kind as to what you would have us to do, not just in meeting the immediate needs of these people, but God helping to change a region and trying to move forward in in in, in a practical, uh, life-giving way, God, in, in transforming this area and transforming this region. Lord, we just thank you so much for it. We bless you for it. I bless these people. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine down upon you. And may he be gracious to you and give you peace and forever live in his favor. In Jesus' name, amen. God loves you. We love you. That's enough. Fritz and his wife are going to be over at the counter for you to say hello to or if you have any questions. And also grab one of the, uh, if you're interested, please grab one of the, uh, the brochures. And there's also a card in there that tells information about this, the, the school and the kids.